We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you'd already done it. I'm so sorry. This is the bit that goes in at the end. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I didn't see the countdown. I, see I might keep this straight. in at the start, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's been a really long day. Give me a break. Okay, let's, let's start again. Robert Picton never wanted to be a pig farmer. He wanted a better life than that. And he decided that partying his days away surrounded by drugs and prostitutes would be a good way to achieve it. But there was one urge that partying could not fulfill, the urge to kill. Once Picton started to feed this urge, only then would he find that owning a pig farm may well have its advantages. Hello, fellow weirdos, and welcome to this episode of Horror House. It's me, Amy. And it is Dom. And you know what? Thank you. Thank you for listening to us today. Thank you for supporting what we do. Thank you for being cool enough to find your way to us. But most importantly, thank you for being here. Um, Dom, how are you doing today? How are you, how are you feeling? I'm all right. I'm very, you know, it is the cool place to be, as you say. Um, you know, it really is. If you're not here, you're not cool. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's that's not true. I'm if you're not, here, that's you're cool. 100% the case. Right. <laughs> but no, I am, I am good. Um, in fact, I am getting increasingly excited for something that is going to be happening in just around three months. And I get a notification for it every day. And it makes me very happy. And that is Disneyland Paris is happening very, very soon. (laughs) And I am so excited. Am I a 31-year-old man? Yes. Um, Have I I booked a character dining breakfast? Yes. (laughs) Because I'm a child. But (laughs) it's going to be like, it's a solo trip as well. So it's literally just going to be me at this character breakfast surrounded by kids families and there's just going to be like this 32 year old just <laughs> so what is going on <laughs> i don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever like i'm a little bit jealous i won't lie come i'll smuggle you in like if they ask <laughs> i questions, don't think I'll that's how like, it works look. <laughs> i'll just be like look do you know who we are <laughs> do you know who we are <laughs> oh dear no i'm very jealous i've never been i've never but been yes. i've never done disney i've never you know had the opportunity <laughs> I, I do feel like maybe I'm not into it enough to go. Like, I love Disney. I, I really do. And I still watch, like, just like most people, I think, when I'm having a bad day, I'll put a Disney movie on. It just makes me feel bad. Or I'll put on, like, you know, Saw, because, hey, at least I'm not getting chopped up. But I just feel like I don't I don't appreciate the magic of Disney as much as perhaps you do, Dom. So. Well, well, to be fair, like, I... So... Obviously, I went to America last summer and worked at, at camp for a few months and then did some traveling afterwards. And I had never been to a Disney park before either, um, but I'd always wanted to. So obviously, like, I was like, 
before I went to to camp. I um, booked tickets for Disney World, um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't know if I'm going to be like, you know, the the Disney fanatic afterwards. But yeah, I'm I'm now one of those really annoying Disney adults, I think. And part of me, part of me is like, oh no, <laughs> but, nah, um, just just own it. Yeah, it's, like you know, you're an adult, and you've got like your own money to spend there. There's no one stopping you from going on rides. There's no one like saying you yeah. can't do stuff that's brilliant you know kids they get stopped from doing stuff yeah. all the time some of them aren't even tall <laughs> enough to ride the rides fucking losers so you go for it you do you <laughs> i've already said that like <laughs> for the character meet and greets i'm gonna be like barging over kids just being like shut up you're 10 years old like i'm 32 <laughs> this is my first time at disneyland paris i'm i'm i'm, I'm getting this photo and i'm getting this autograph fuck off tibby <laughs> go and go and cry to your mum. So yes, I'm very excited after my Walt Disney World trip. I needed that Disney magic again, and I was like, you know what? I've never been to Disneyland Paris before, so I booked a trip, and I, I'm I'm going a bit all out for it. I'm staying on one of the on-site hotels. Um, wow, one nice. of the nicer on-site hotels. So like, I get. Um, early entry to the theme park. Um, obviously, I've booked a character dining breakfast. I am so excited. I've got a countdown as well because I'm sad. It's exciting times. Roll on September. I can't wait. So, yes, I'm Very doing Very exciting times. <laughs> Very jealous. I'm glad to hear it. Well, moving away from, from the magic of Disney and onto the horror of Robert Picton. Do you know anything about him? Have you ever heard of this dude? <laughs> the, the pig farm killer? The pig, the, the, what did we call him? The pig man. Pig man. To add to our, to add to our list of unfortunate superheroes, there's T-Man, and now we've got pig man, and then we've got. McClue. And then we've got Detective McClue, who keeps them all in check. So I know that he did something, I don't know if he like fed his victims to pigs or used pigs to get rid of the remains it sounds like he was a fan of brick top from snatch because he knows he knows what to do with pigs apparently um so mm-hmm. so yeah i know like probably a tiny tiny little bit but i don't know much about about this one okay well that's good that's always nice it's not a british one again so i'm still branching out from my usual comfort right. zone um although it's not also not american it's right. canadian so you know we're having a bit of a jaunt into unknown territory today yeah but um isn't it our first canadian case as well i don't think we've done a canadian case before is this our first no potentially not i don't know i did this last time because remember last time i said i say last time it was a couple of times ago but i was like oh i've never done an unsolved before and then immediately proved myself wrong like two senses later i don't think we've done a canadian case before (laughs) but i'm happy to be proved wrong if we have I, i don't think so i mean i mean maybe maybe Canadians are just normally so nice that they're not yeah. serial killers. But you don't hear about Canadians. to find an awful Canadian. And this dude is there. pretty fucking shitty, let's be honest. He is um, he's not a nice guy. But shall we shall we dive in his story? Shall we learn a bit more about the man himself? Pigman? Yes. Absolutely. Pigman. <laughs> the worst superhero. Actually no, you're probably alright, Pigman. The worst. Worst superhero ever. <laughs> cool, okay. Bacon or something. I don't. I mean, that sounds all right, but yeah, mm. maybe not after this. You might not fancy bacon once we've 
we've talked about this a little bit. <laughs> cool. So Robert Picton was born to Leonard and Louise Picton, a family of pig farmers in, I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong, so I apologise in advance to any Canadians listening, Port Hocken, Cocken, Cocketlam, Cocketlam. Just keep saying it until one of them is right. Cocketlam, Um, Yeah, there anyway. In British Columbia, 27 kilometres east of Vancouver. Robert and his younger brother David began working at the farm at an early early age. Um, Louise, their mother, was very, very demanding. Um, She prioritised the pigs over the brothers' personal hygiene and would often force them to work long hours raising the farm's livestock. She often sent them to school unwashed in dirty clothes, reeking of you know, manure and general farm muck, um, earning the brothers the nickname Stinky Piggy from their classmates, which is always nice. <laughs> oh, no. Brilliant, you know, fantastic. Mother mother of the year award, here we come. Uh, yeah. Picton was I mean, very, very strongly we... attached to his mother. Oh, sorry, go That's right, I was about to say, we've, we've had a, a string of shit dads, so I think we were due for a, an episode probably about a less than ideal mother. Um, well, it's funny you should mention it, Dom. Stinky Piggy. Oh, oh great. Okay. Stinky Piggy. I, don't, I feel like oh, if you dear. say it the I right way, it sounds kind of cute. Like, <laughs> I don't know, if you're like, oh, you're my little Stinky Piggy. You're so cute, little Stinky Piggy. Like, you could make it work, but in terms of, like, kids calling each other that at school, maybe not. Yeah. Like, that's that's just a, like, if, if, you, if you... Kids are mean. If, yeah, exactly. Like, if you have that said to you at school... Um, of all places, and you know, like you said, you know what kids are like. Kids are merciless. Like <laughs> that was a miserable time at school. I can imagine. It's funny you should mention the dad though, um, because despite her being absolutely horrible, Picton was actually really close to his mother. She he had a really strong attachment to her, but he had very very little interaction with his father, who was quite abusive and violent towards both of them. So not the ideal oh. situation at home, and no. just to you know really hammer that home. Um, at the age of 12, Picton began raising a calf, which became a really sort of beloved pet to him. It was the first one that he was allowed to look after on his own. Um, but two weeks later, um, after failing to find it after school, he was told to check the barn where he was left absolutely heartbroken to find it slaughtered and hanging from the barn roof. Thanks, mum. Ways to get your, your child on side, um, parents. Was that the mum or the dad? Or does it not specify who? It was the mum. The mum told him to go and look. I don't know oh, if the mum actually mom. did it. She's probably not strong oh. enough to, like, you know, lift a calf up. But it was her that was like, hey, go look in the barn. Maybe he'll be there. Knowing full well that he was hanging from the ceiling. That's that's uh, shitty. Uh, that's definitely not going to win her any mum of the year awards. Um, not so much. Sounds like dad isn't going to get any dad of the year awards either. Uh, so, no. so, yeah, that's that's not great. They were sort of, he he was he was sort of set up from the start to to not have the best of psyches shall we say it sounds like exactly i think that's a very very fair assumption picton really struggled in school um he was put in a special class after the fail in the second grade and, and pretty much stayed there um until he dropped out of school in 1963 basically because he just couldn't stop failing so he, he gave up and decided that he would be a full-time meat cutter um on the farm and, and work full-time there Growing up into sort of adulthood, Picton was described as a pretty quiet guy. 
whose occasional bizarre behaviour, despite no evidence of, you know, being on drugs or anything like that, would often draw attention. The Picton brothers began to neglect the site's farming operations um, and they decided in 1996 to register a non-profit charity, which, (laughs) granted, isn't really real, but has possibly the best name of any charity I've ever heard. It was called the Piggy Palace Good Times Society. What was the charity for? I mean, what would you guess it was for? If if you if you had to the, guess, what would you say that charity what, did? The, the Piggy Palace Good Times Society. What do you think they did? It sounds like a haven for pigs, a sanctuary for pigs or something. I think if you're if you're very innocently minded, yes, it sounds like a haven, a pig sanctuary. If you're not so innocently minded, it sounds like someone that someone might go to have a good time with pigs. Oh, really? I mean, it, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not. It's, oh, um... oh, my God. So they registered it as the, this like, non-profit please. charity. Their claim was that they organized, <laughs> sorry, this is a quote, um, to quote, organize, coordinate, manage and operate special event, functions, dances, shows and exhibition on behalf of service organizations, sports organizations and other worthy groups. What a bizarre concept. It's an incredibly bizarre concept, mostly because it well, wasn't that's... really true. What they were actually doing under this non-profit charity was hosting raves and absolutely wild parties that often featured Vancouver's sex workers. They had gatherings in their converted slaughterhouse where they would, um, yeah, like host these massive raves and do a, a shit ton of drugs and basically just have a jolly good time. Have a try. Have a splendid old time. <laughs> a splendid old time. Um, sometimes That's their true. events would attract as many as 2,000 people and members of the Hells Angels were often Holy known to fuck. rock up to some of their parties and events. Man, that's impressive. If they can get the Hells Angels to, to rock up, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. I, I was going to say, it sounds like, a, like setting up a non-profit charity for that reason sounds like a lot of work but i suppose they would have to because that wouldn't really fly would it (laughs) well no i mean if if you're just having a load of sex workers around and doing drugs without a non-profit charity at the helm i assume you get investigated slightly quicker i mean they could have just asked the church to front it they're not going to investigate the church are they yeah but the problem with having a church invest is that they want something back they want money back whereas if they're a non-profit charity they can mm. use all of the money to just throw back at their parties, which is presumably what they did. Bearing in mind, the non-profit charity was literally just a way to license the building, their slaughterhouse, yeah. to have parties and have a load of people yeah. in. So it wasn't exactly a real, a real organization. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected the uh, they... Palace Good Time Society to be that real. Did Did they, like, make it super legit? Have they got, like, merch or something? Because I want to see if there's, like, a... <laughs> a hoodie or something that I can get. Shockingly enough, Dom, when I was doing the research for outlining this episode, <laughs> I did not look into merch <laughs> for potentially Canada's worst serial killer. It does sound oh, like something I'd do, but I didn't on this occasion. Um, needless to Just say, some of these parties listeners. got pretty wild. <laughs> and on March 23rd, 1997, Picton was charged with the attempted murder of Wendy Lynn 
Eistetter, um, who he had stabbed several times during an altercation at one of the parties. Um, Eistetter had informed the police that Picton had handcuffed her, but that she had escaped after suffering several lacerations. She told them that she disarmed him and stabbed him with his weapon. Picton stalked, yes, sought treatment at Eagle Ridge Hospital, while Eistetter recovered at the nearest emergency room. Although he was charged, he was released on a 2000 Canadian dollar bond, and the charge was dismissed in January 1998. Okay. Why was it dismissed? I suppose lack of evidence. Lack of evidence, her word against his. Yeah. Pretty much it, to be honest. And presumably she was a sex worker, I believe, so I don't think she probably would have had the money to fund lawyers and go into court and whatnot, so it was probably just dropped for that reason. No. And they're they're not going to take it seriously if it's coming from a sex worker, are they, unfortunately? I'm not 100% confirmed that she was a sex worker. She might have just been someone that went to the parties, but one would assume that a lot of the women at these parties were sex workers, so that's probably a safe assumption, but not 100% confirmed, just in case there's any, you know friends or family of Wendy Lynn Eister out there who's telling me that, you know, she's not a sex worker. Um, <laughs> despite pressure from the police to shut down their so-called charity um, and cease the parties on their estate, um, Picton continued to hold them and would later be served with an, sorry, I mean an injunction to cease further operations, but my computer has corrected it to injection. Um, so they were served an injection to cease further operations. They were served an injection. <laughs> I mean, that could have auto-corrected it to something worse, like ejaculation or something. There was served an ejaculation. Oh, I don't doubt that at these parties there was plenty of ejaculation. <laughs> With a slaughterhouse full of drugs and prostitutes, I'm pretty sure someone came. Yeah, sure, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. That thing was bloody covered in spunk, no doubt. Oh, sorry, anyway. Um... Get a UV light on that. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. It glows so hard you'd see it from space. <laughs> there's the Great Wall of China that you can see from space, and then there's the barn that's just glowing. <laughs> that's a whole lot of gin. <laughs> um, over the course of three years, the detective that was serving the injunction noticed that women who visited the farm eventually went missing. On February 6, 2002, Police executed a search warrant for illegal firearms at the property. Um, Robert and David Picton were arrested and police obtained a second warrant using what they'd seen on the property to search the farm as part of the BC or British Columbia missing women's investigation. Um, Personal items belonging to missing women were found at the farm. But as the police searched more and more of the property, they discovered some pretty horrifying stuff by anyone's standards. I'm about to read you a list of some of the things that were found. So I don't know if you want to take okay. just a just a little a little minute to you know compose yourself to forget about all of those good <laughs> times at the Piggy Palace Good Time Society because it's all about to come crashing should, down. Do you thought anyone I, was having a good time? It they weren't. Shall I go for a cigarette now, or shall I go for one after this list has been read out? Um, you, you might want to leave it to after. So I feel I'm going to need one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you might want to sit tight for a minute. Um, Okay, (laughs) let's dive. Let's drive straight in. Um, Among the things that were found um, at the property were the following. Obviously, this isn't an extensive list. It was um, just some of the things. But some of those things were skulls cut in half and stuffed with human hands and feet. DNA from 33 different women. Bloody clothing 
from at least five different women, but there could have been more. Um, a jawbone and teeth from another woman. Photos of a garbage can with the chopped up remains of another victim. Um, two pairs of blood-stained handcuffs. A pair of night vision goggles. And a twenty-two caliber revolver with a dildo attached to the barrel. I shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh, but it is fucking hilarious. I shouldn't laugh. And... I shouldn't laugh. The reason, the reason that he gave for having a dildo on the barrel was something along these lines. He told police that the dildo, which, bear in mind, Dom, had both his and his victim's DNA on it, um, had been meant to function oh. on the revolver as a makeshift suppressor to stop it being so loud. Does he not know that silencers exist? Apparently not. Wait, Apparently yeah. you can do just as good a job with a nice big dildo. I'm sorry for laughing, listeners, but... <laughs> the list was was quite. I was expecting a lot of things on that list. What I was not expecting was at the end for Amy to go a gun with a dildo at the end. <laughs> I was that I mean, was so. I don't know. When I'm around, <laughs> probably a dildo is going to get mentioned at some point. Just not in this context. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be mentioned at the end of a revolver. <laughs> yeah. Although I'd. I... I think we need to just take another second to appreciate that it had both his and his victim's DNA on it. Yeah, that's that's grim. Was there a box of vulvas, though? There wasn't a box of vulvas. No, no No box of vulvas. Well, not that I know of. A lot of this, for reasons that we will establish very shortly, a lot of the um, evidence hasn't been made public. Um, so there might have been a box of vulvas, okay. but in terms of the stuff that the the public and the jury were made aware of, no, no box of vulvas. Although I'm sure, you know, there were vulvas somewhere. The word vulva is starting to Probably. sound weird. Should and I it say would... it less? <laughs> it would surprise me if there was a box. Um, though I, I, I will admit that the, what was it? The, the skull that was, that was sawed in half and then mm-hmm. stuffed with, was it arms and legs? Hands and feet, yeah. Hands and feet. That sounds like some really morbid abstract art that you would find in some very fucked up museum. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound... I don't think personally it's something that I choose to have in my home. But that being said... No. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's art in there somewhere. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think that was his intention. I don't think that was this artist's intention. No, oh God, no. No, no, no. But yeah, needless to say, after finding all that, shockingly enough, the police did in fact take him into custody. While he was really? in custody. Yeah, I know, right? Weird. Um, but while he was in custody, <laughs> police picked and confessed to an undercover officer that he was responsible for 49 murders, but that he, quote, wanted to do one more to round it up to an even 50. That's, that's, a, that's a bit fucked. Not going to lie. That it is, is a bit, bit fucked, fucked, isn't it? Um, but I think at that point, that's probably a good point for a little little break while we process that delightful list of artifacts found up Robert Picton's pig farm. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to still. Yep. I'm trying to still like get over the fact that it, that <laughs> out of all of those things, you also yeah, the dildo on the gun. I don't know why that's mystified me so much, but hey ho, let's take a break. All right. So while while Dom takes a couple of minutes to think about dildos. Let's take a break and we'll see you back here in a few. <laughs> hey, creepy people. 
This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day! Dark Adaptation Podcast is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Brianna, and our producer Dyson joins me while working the knobs. Our show explores all things macabre and mysterious. We're talking dark history, true crime, haunted places, you name it. While we typically dive into lesser known stories, we do cover well-known ones too. And for those more, let's say popular cases, we deliver so much information you're guaranteed to learn something new. And sometimes we're even joined by our guest host, Steph, who brings a cosmic twist to the show. Our other guest host, Paige, joins us every other month to bring us into the world of cryptids and folklore. Tune in every Monday for a new episode full of intrigue and entertainment. Dark Adaptation Podcast is available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And next Monday, we'll catch you on the dark side. Welcome back to the... Strange, strange tale of Robert Picton, the pig farm killer. How are you feeling, Dom? Have you got over your dildo fascination? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I think I'm past my dildo fascination now. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a gun with a dildo on the end, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry, listeners. Nobody panic. You can get a gun that fires dildos. That might be fun. I, I could get a gun that fires. <laughs> like, like that bit in Jackass That's where they shoot it at his, at his ass. That, that'd be fun. But just not not what Robert Picton did with it. Next time my mum comes up to visit, she's like, what's, what, what's that? And I'm just like, never you mind, mum. It's a silencer. <laughs> it, does, it does as good a job, mum. God, don't judge Jesus. I've just got this vision of like Robert Picton doing some sort of infomercial where he's like, why spend money on expensive silencers? Just use a dildo instead. <laughs> Be like on those shopping channels uh, you find at like, 2am in the morning like on QVC <laughs> yeah, no I'm just gonna, uh, no I, I don't think I'll I'll test that theory number one I haven't got a gun that's as she far as I want to go with that sentence <laughs> I only have half the tools available to test the theory <laughs> sorry mum if you're listening I'm sorry that you just found out I had a deal and she, I was about my mum does listen by the way she's a she, and I was about to cover you for you and say that she's she's a good Christian woman who doesn't have the the silencer half. But now you've just outed yourself, so she has she she does have an entire drawer of dildos, listeners. Just in case you were no uh, lucky guess. <laughs> this is where I go up there, and there's one missing. <laughs> that was a good denial, though, Amy. That was that was really good. That was really really good. No, not I, well, I don't not, know. How, how I don't do know. <laughs> How did we get on, right? We're talking about a horrific, Canada's most prolific serial killer. 
And somehow we're talking about my sex toy collection. How did we get there? That's my question. I mean, to be fair, you said that you've got half the tools you would need for this gun with a dildo silencer. So you sort of <laughs> opened up this kind of worm. Yeah, right, fair. <laughs> anyway, on February 22nd, 2002, Robert Picton was arrested and charged with two counts of first degree murder in the deaths Serena Abbotsway and Mona Wilson. Now bear with me, Dom and listeners, because this is a list that it's important that I read out because it's about his charges, but also they keep getting added on and on. So it's a bit of an extensive list. So bear with me. Um, Two counts of first degree murder for Serena Abbotsway and Mona Wilson. Then on April the 2nd, three more charges were added for the murder or murders, sorry, of Jacqueline McDonnell, Deanne Rock, I think, I think it's Deanne. Um, and Heather Bottomley. A sixth charge for the murder of Andrea Josebury was laid on April the 9th, followed shortly by a seventh for Brenda Wolf. On September 20th, four more charges were added, followed by four more after that on October 3rd, bringing the total to 15. This was the largest investigation of any serial killer in Canadian history up until that point. On May 26, 2005, 12, 12, more murder charges were laid against Pickton, bringing the total number of first-degree murder charges to 27. So tw- 12 and like one, just one swing. 12. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just, just, <clears throat> there you go. There's a lot more. Now, bear in mind that entire time from February 22nd, 2002, all the way through to May 26, 2005, that entire time was the time that they were searching the farm, going through... You know, okay. rubbish, pig pens, this huge, huge farm. If you ever Google um, Picton's farm, it's fucking massive. Like, even in terms of the amount of buildings and outbuildings and, like, you know, actual built-up land, it's huge. So it took a really long time to get enough evidence to charge him with those um, 27 murders. Um, excavations at the farm continued all the way through until November 2003. Um, and the cost of the investigation is estimated to have been 70 million Canadian dollars. That's a lot of loonies. It really is. It's definitely a lot. But you can imagine where all that money's going. You know, there's so much um, equipment. There's so much that has to go into to looking yeah. through that amount of land, but also that amount of like material. Like there were conveyor belts, just all of this stuff that were, in fact, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it now. Obviously, the forensic yeah. analysis proved very difficult because the bodies might have been left to decompose. Um, obviously, when that happens, they're eaten by insects and obviously pigs on the farm would have got at them as well. Um, during the early days of the excavation, forensic anthropologists brought in heavy equipment, including two 50-foot black conveyor belts and soil sifters to find traces yeah. of human remains. That's, yeah, right? It's a lot. heavy machinery. <laughs> On March 10, 2004, the government revealed that Picton may have ground up human flesh and mixed it with pork that he had sold to the public. And the province's health authority later, later authorised a warning to go out to people about that, um, just to be careful where they got their meat from, because yeah. it might not necessarily be pork. Um, and another claim was made that he had fed the bodies directly to the pigs. So even if the pork he was selling wasn't mixed with human meat, there was a good chance that the pork he was selling had been reared on human feet, yeah that I, I did think that he fed them to the pigs or, or did something similar yeah i don't know you don't want to have a pork pie do you and then find that it's mixed in with with humans like that that's 
not ideal. That would be enough, be enough to put you off your molten mulberry. Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's not exactly one of the ingredients that you want. It's Sweeney it? Todd. <laughs> it's, very, it's very Sweeney Todd, it is a bit. Um, so yeah, not not ideal, but also, you know, pigs will eat anything. So getting rid of the remains that way was probably quite likely. Um, as much as it's not That's nice to true. think about it, he probably did do it because if you're a pig farmer, you That's know true. that pigs eat anything. So, And if you've seen Snatch, you know exactly what pigs will do as well to uh, human remains. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I had a very big McDonald's before we started recording. Yeah, in no way was that human meat that was making me burp. It was just McDonald's. <laughs> A hundred percent beef is what I mean. So, <laughs> who knows what was in that McDonald's burger? To be <laughs> to be fair, probably not humans. I would hope definitely not humans. It's not a really a probably situation, <laughs> is it? Just horse or something. <laughs> oh God, let's not go there again. The old horse meat scandal. Weirdly, that's the second time I've spoken about the horse meat scandal today. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Picton's trial began on January thirtieth, two thousand and six, in New Westminster. Picton pleaded not guilty to 27 charges of first-degree murder in the Supreme Court of, of British Columbia. The early stage of the trial took almost a year to determine what evidence might be allowed to be admitted before the jury. Um, reporters were not allowed to disclose any of the material presented in the arguments for obvious reasons. It could sway the jury. Um, and on March 2nd, one of the 27 counts was rejected by Justice James Williams for lack of evidence. So there wasn't enough. Um, human remains for that particular one to be, be admissible. Yeah. On August the 9th, Justice, 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 I can't speak. Justed. Here we go. <laughs> Justice, just in time. Um, Justice Williams, even, severed the charges, splitting them into one group of six counts and another group of 20 counts. The trial proceeded on the group of six counts, but the remaining 20 could have been heard in a separate trial, but were ultimately stayed on the 4th of August 2010. Because of the publication ban, uh, full details of the decision aren't publicly available, but the judge was, or sorry, the judge has explained that trying all 26 charges at once would put an unreasonable burden on the jury and the trial could have lasted up to three years, um, hence why he severed the two lots of cases. And of course, with that amount of evidence, yeah. with that amount of time, um, it would have increased the chance for a mistrials, which was further reason to, to split them up. The judge yeah. added that the six counts he chose had material, sorry, quote, materially different evidence from the other 20. I mean, I presume that to mean that they had actual bodily evidence as opposed to just DNA evidence. But who knows? It, it's not been made public for obvious reasons. Yeah, it sounds like that would be the case. Um, like there was, there was physical, like there was, you know, very physical evidence in in those ones, rather than, you know, just DNA evidence. But a three year trial is wild. Imagine three yeah. years of jury duty. Oh, I'd love it. I've done jury duty, and it's it's fucking brilliant. I just don't know. I don't know. Three years though. Three years is a long time to do jury duty for. I don't know. I'd happily do it. Like. Bear in mind, you get paid to do it, and then you get to sit in court listening to the case. Like, granted, it's going to be pretty heavy, and you're going to no, see true. some horrific shit, but for people like me and you, and probably the people listening to this podcast, it's great. I had a great time. I wish true. I'd get chosen again. True. I mean, I, I would absolutely love to, do jury, love to do jury duty, but yeah, like, three years is wild. 
it's definitely a bit much. And and I think the idea that it could have caused a mistrial would be very, very valid because there's no way that you're going to be able to keep everything secret for that long. You know, there's no way that a jury no. couldn't be swayed by what they heard in the time. So it's probably a very wise decision, yeah. but obviously those 20 counts have, have been stayed and haven't really been touched since, which is not ideal. But the six counts went ahead. Yeah. And on December the 9th, 2007, the jury returned a verdict that Picton is not guilty on the six counts of first-degree murder, that Ilse is guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. Quiz time, Dom. What's the difference? Oh, I shouldn't miss. Probably. Um, I can help you out if you want. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's, yeah, my mind's, not, my mind's having a blank. Sorry. There's not much of a difference, uh, to tell you the truth, but the main difference is premeditation. Um, first degree murder is premeditated and second degree murder isn't. Um, so essentially it couldn't be proved that he had planned to do this, um, pri- like to kill them prior okay. to getting them there. Um, which to be honest, there's yeah. a lot of things that you couldn't prove in this case. You know, no one actually knows how these people died or what happened. All they know that is they went to the farm and were murdered. So it would have been very, very yeah. difficult to prove first degree murder, but you can prove second degree murder. They are in and his DNA was on them. So. Yeah. That's why it was second degree, yeah. not first. I suppose at least it's something. Like obviously it's not first degree, but at least they've they've got him for they've got a charge to stick. You know, and I suppose that's the that's the tricky thing because obviously it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, and, and even if it's, you know, fifty fifty, that's not beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, you need that extra one percent to to get it over that beyond reasonable doubt phase. Exactly that. A second-degree murder conviction um, carries a punishment of a life sentence with no possibility of parole for a period of between 10 and 25 years to be set by the judge. On December 11, 2007, after reading no less than 18 victim impact statements, British Columbia Supreme Court Judge Ooh. Justice James Williams, try saying that when you're drunk, um, sentenced, not that I'm drunk, sentence Picton to life with no possibility of parole for 25 years, which was the maximum punishment for second-degree murder in Canada at the time, and actually equal yeah. to the sentence which would have been imposed for a first-degree mm-hmm. murder conviction. So when it came down to it, in terms of how long he was going to spend in prison without parole, it amounted to the same thing. Okay, that's interesting. I would have thought first-degree would have carried more weight, but... Yeah, you would think. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, murder's murder, so the sentences aren't too different. It's just whether or not he planned it, but but there we go. Justice Williams said upon passing the sentence, and quote, Mr. Picton's conduct was murderous and repeatedly so. I cannot know the details, but I know this. What happened to the victims was senseless and despicable. Very much agree. I think we can all agree with that, can't we? I think that's pretty much true. Yeah, facts. So that's where I'm going to leave the story of Robert Picton. Um, but take a minute to remember that the 20 other charges against Picton, so the ones that were stayed um, in August 2010, will likely never be brought to trial because A, there's not enough evidence, and B, he's already serving a life sentence. Um, so it's it will be difficult to get those before a jury, making yeah. maybe the most disturbing and possibly saddest part of this story is that there's 20 victims potentially more if his own estimations are anything to go by um that won't receive justice won't you know ever have their day in court essentially um the only thing that we can take comfort in is the fact that he's in prison or 
at least until 2032, when at the age of 83, he'll become eligible for parole. Yeah. And I mean, at age 83, he's not going to be around for much longer, even if he does get parole. It's not as though he's going to be able to live a full life after that. Mm, true. But could potentially get out. True. I suppose I was trying to I was trying to make like some sort of silver lining, but yeah, he could get out, which obviously is is a problem in itself. Um, so no, that's a fair point. So yeah, that's the story of Robert Picton. Um, as always, I definitely encourage you to go and read more about him. Um, there's quite a lot of information on the six counts that he was charged with. Obviously, not too much on the twenty, because although that is still stayed, there is a possibility that it can be brought to trial in the future. It's just very unlikely. Um, but obviously that part of it isn't necessarily public there's some information but not a massive yeah. amount but i definitely go and have a read he as much as he is absolutely despicable and just a, a horrible human being he's also fascinating there's there's so much that happened yeah. on that farm is is just beyond a normal human's comprehension i think so definitely worth having a read but that is where we will close it today <laughs> don what do you think of Pigman? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he's not um, a superhero that you would want to to be calling um, in your hour of need. Maybe maybe save that for T Man. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting interesting case. Um, you know, like you said, he's a, a horrendous human being. But you know, just like you know, other people we cover, he's he's fascinating to sort of study and and look at and talk about. You know, and I, I didn't know that much. Um, I, you know, I know I, I had a feeling that, you know, he, there was some relation to what he did to, you know, with his victims to, you know, the pig farm. But yeah, that was, that was crazy. And I had no idea that there was still so many charges that they can't do stuff with. Um, you know, I had no idea that it was, that they could only do the six, um, you know, which is wild considering, you know, how many charges or how many counts you know, were, were sort of thrown at him. Um, so yeah, that was very, very interesting. And like I said, it's not often we do Canadian killers. So it was nice to sort of, you know, get out of, you know, our, our sort of normal British slash American, American cases. And don't let this sour you on Canada, folks. The Canadians on the whole are rather nice people. <laughs> You're only saying that because our latest collab was with Canadians. da 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 well, that's out the bag now, isn't it, Amy? You could, you didn't have to. Oh, you sorry, to say spoiler alert. Oh, I didn't say who. There's the there's Canadians. Yeah, but we've only collabed with two. <laughs> they know who they are so far. <laughs> I'm, I, we are joking, Bree and Dyson. If you're listening, you are very, very lovely people, and you are not awful Canadians in the slightest. And I mean that. Not in the slightest. Don't listen Definitely to not Amy. Robert Picton level. She's she's put in words. <laughs> beautiful well in that case Dom do you care to see us out this week I suppose I could I suppose I could um, thank you everyone for, for listening this week um, to our grisly tale of this rather I'm trying to think of some alliteration to go with Canadian I, I, I can't say what I was about to say because my mum no, will can't say that. me <laughs> nope that will not go down well. <laughs> it um, rhymes with shunty. This, <laughs> this, the case of this cockhead Canadian, that's the best I can do without saying what I 
want to say. <laughs> That'll do. We'll we'll go with it. <laughs> we if if you um, would like to support us, uh, there are a few ways you can do that. You can do that by leaving us a rating on Spotify and leaving us a little comment in the Q and A section at the bottom. Um, and you can also give us a, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod and on your podcast app of choice, whatever that may be. Um, also, if you want to support us financially, there is the buy me a coffee option, um, which we will be greatly appreciated for. Amy runs on coffee and, you know, as content creators, it helps. <laughs> it helps. Uh, so if you want to throw us, you know, three quid or six quid or nine quid or, you know, however many coffees you you feel we your entire we life deserve, savings we would also we would be your entire <laughs> your entire life savings <laughs> so many coffees just just all of them just buy us all the coffees every single coffee please do uh we we will greatly appreciate it and there's also the merch store as well if you want to get us uh, get us some merch why did i say get us some merch? if if you want to get us some merch, yeah like please do i mean sure if you <laughs> we'll, want but we'll, we'll take free merch <laughs> I bet I bet say if you want to get some merch, uh, please do because that supports us, and it also represents us as well. And you can tell your friends and strangers in the street. Um, don't talk to strangers, but also if they do ask you about your funky hoodie, humour them a little bit. Um, Take the risk. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Thank you for listening this week. Um, this end wrap up is is fucking all over the place. This is a disaster. Until next time, my friends, all that's left to say from me is, as always, stay spooky. Stay spooky, y'all. Well, Pigman. The, the weird thing about Pigman, he weren't even attractive. Like, he wasn't particularly good-looking. I can only assume that he was promising all those women free bacon. They rock up. They're like, where's the free bacon? Like, Robert's like, well, yeah. About yeah. That. that episode was a lot more dildo-heavy than I expected. <laughs>